Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is the Sikkim Podcast. The Sikkim Podcast is a production of Baylor Athletics. Now, here are your hosts, Brooke Bednars and the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. Hey, we're glad you're with us this week. John Morris, Brooke Bednars, in the heart of Big 12 Conference basketball. And the Baylor men and the Baylor women are just playing outstanding. They are. It is fun to watch. Obviously, they're coming off of two very successful seasons last year. Uh, That goes without saying. And so to see it kind of pick right up where they left off last year for the men and for the women, this era of new beginnings, we have new faces here. Mm. And it's of course, obvious that we wanted to speak with none other than Jordan Lewis, one of those new faces who is making a huge impact for the Bears. Jordan, welcome. Welcome oh. to the Sikkim Podcast. We appreciate you being on with us. Thank you. I appreciate being here. Good. Jordan, originally from Windermere, Florida, and a grad transfer to Baylor from uh, the University of Alabama. Uh, how, how did how was that process? How did you end up here at Baylor? Um, I feel like it was, it could have been seen as stressful. It could have been seen as chaotic. Like, obviously, everyone knows a lot of things are going on during that time. And I just think that I'm blessed to be here. I think everything happens for a reason. And I feel like I ended up in the right hands. Why, what made you decide to open up into, obviously, you guys all got that extra year with COVID and that bizarre basketball season that kind of just ended right in the middle of things. Um, So kind of what led you to decide to, continue your career, use that year, and then transfer to transfer to Texas? Um, well, kind of ending the season, uh, obviously made it to the first time, the tournament for the first time in Alabama since 1998, which was a big goal of mine. Um, I basically, like, promised Coach Christie that we would get back there no matter what it took. And so for me and the other seniors to make it there, um, that was just kind of like the icing on the cake for us to um, get there. And honestly, when the season ended, I was juggling a lot of things. I was juggling not playing anymore. I was juggling staying in Alabama my extra year, and I was juggling transferring. And so I don't think transferring came into the picture until probably like a week after the tournament ended, and it was just kind of like you should see what's out there. Like you've had an awesome year. Um, You guys did something that's never been done before, and just see what's out there to see if you can get something new. And that day that I put my name in the transfer portal, I think is the most my phone ever rang off the hook. <laughs> and it's funny because I was actually at the Final Four, the oh, men's really? Final Four. Yes, the I was men's. at the game, and people were just blowing my phone up. I'm like, I'm trying to enjoy the game. Like, I don't want to <laughs> listen to anybody. But, um, yeah, ultimately, um, with everything that went on, um, I ended up here. Huh. What You said you wanted something new, and you definitely got something new. You got a brand new program right here obviously has a ton of uh, history and a lot of success in that history but kind of starting a new chapter here what does it mean to you to be a part of this group you were a part of something great at Alabama that you know made history for you guys to get back to that tournament Um, so what's it mean to you to get to be a part of this and kind of help start this and launch this part forward with coach Colin 
Um, I think it's pretty cool. I think um, there are a lot of expectations here around Waco and just in general of the Baylor programs because of the history that they've had. And I think to for Nikki to want me to stay on after she got the job and just coach to have support from her players, um, especially going through something like this and being able to still hold the standard high. So you said you were at the Final Four in Indianapolis where the Baylor men won the national championship. Uh, that was limited attendance. How'd you get How'd you get tickets? How'd you and your dad get tickets for that? So me and my dad have like this tradition where we always go to the Final Four. Nice. The men's Final Four. And I think we've been to like the last nine, I want to say. Wow. Oh, wow. So yeah, that's just something that we always do. And hopefully we're in the Final Four this year, so we don't have to do that. Yes. But um, yeah, that's just something that me and my dad has always done. And yeah. That's pretty cool. So you're watching Baylor. And yeah. at You're the like, final four, hmm. did it get your attention at all? Or? Well, it was already kind of like in the process when this was happening. Oh, it was? So okay. I had like already had like Baylor and some other schools like narrowed down by this point. So it was kind of like funny. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Hey, that's really cool. We're glad you ended up here. Yes, we are. And let's let people know you've had an outstanding career already at Alabama. You're right now, I think, 14th among active players uh, all time in scoring and third all-time in career assists among active players. I mean, you've had a great career already. Yeah, I've been blessed with the opportunity to even get out on the court. I mean, not everyone gets that opportunity, and so I think making the most of it is just what you have to do. Hmm. Sound like you and your dad, y'all are pretty tight. Yeah, we are close. I'm close with my mom, too. Um, I feel like more off-the-court stuff, like getting my nails done, having my hair done. Like, I always (laughs) call her, like, oh, should I do my hair like this? Should I do it like that? And so – um, I would say I'm really close to her in that aspect and, like, on the court and, like, competitive-wise and, like, sports-wise, like, me and him are, like, super close. Nice. Let's let's take a moment. I know this is a podcast, but the hair and the nails. <laughs> we just mentioned it. We got some hot pink braids mixed in <laughs> along with very neon bright, beautiful nails, g- yellow and pink. Uh, I got to ask. It's on my paper. I want to know. What is it just – like why? Why pink? <laughs> is there a reason? Is that your favorite color? Do you just want to like stand out on the court? Because I love it. I just gotta <laughs> know because I feel like you know you mixing it up a little bit. Um, it's actually something I've done since I was younger. Um, me and my mom, like I used to get color in the back of my hair, and then um, it just kind of like came back around this year. Um, it started out yellow, then it went to blue, and now it's pink. So yeah, I was gonna say you, <laughs> I've seen a lot of different colors, so I want to know like what kind of I feel what, um, what goes into know. the decision. Well, I just, like, go to the store, and I always call my mom, and I'm like, which color should I get? <laughs> um, I actually braid my own hair, so oh wow, um, I just kind of, like, go with the flow. But um, my mom has always really told me to, like, be myself, and I feel like um, in a sport that's so, like, competitive and dominant, like, sometimes you think that you can't still be, like, girly or be yourself, and so I think um, she's just kind of, like, inspired me to continue to be myself on the court, too. Well, I love it. All right, here's a naive guy question, okay? <laughs> if you if you braid your own hair, how long does that take? Um, so if I do it straight through, usually like four and a half hours, but if Ooh. I oh if I like go take breaks and do right. stuff and like go to practice halfway through, then like it'll take forever. <laughs> that is That's great. That's talent. That is great. Uh, you mentioned your dad. I think he was here for the Iowa State game, right? Yes, him and my mom were both here. Both of them were here. Mm-hmm. That's great. Uh, and and you had a great game, and Baylor had a great game. What a great win that was. Uh, really a signature win for Coach Collin. Right. I think it was good for us to um, – I think we finally – that, I, in my opinion, was the first game that everyone played well. I think all of us have had individual performances that were amazing across the board, but I feel like that was the first game where we all came together and, like, you could really see – um, what kind of team we can be when we all play together and we're all on the same string. 
Um, we're the our time segment is coming out every Thursday. That's something that's very unique um, and super exciting that we kind of get an inside look of the program and uh, specifically one moment. Um, I can't remember which game it was, but Coach Collins said, you know, you have to play as a team. And right now we're kind of playing as individuals a little bit and to see you guys come together and mesh and play all together as one unit. I, I mean, it was obvious with an 87 61 victory that the success that you guys can have over a top 10 team, right. that's huge. That's a huge step. So what would you say has been the difference and how did you guys get there? What finally clicked? Um, I think after we had COVID, um, it was really tough for us because when we were coming off a loss and just being in your room and stuff, um, the day we came back, I feel like the coaches were like very positive and very just pushing us and challenging us to be more connected on the court. Um, I think they challenged us to replicate our practices to be more game-like. And I feel like everyone took the challenge head on and that's just what we had to do from the beginning. And so I think um, with the new coaching staff and having players from other teams and obviously the transfers, like everyone's used to something different. And I, so I think um, the coaching staff came up with a really good plan to just kind of like implement um, being more connected, being more energetic all the time, not just trying to change it in the game. And so I think um, just starting over, I think COVID was a good break for us, as bad as it sounds. Um, I think sometimes you just need to step away to come back and start fresh. Yeah. Makes you appreciate it. Is it good for you in a sense that you're you're new here at Baylor and the whole coaching staff is new also? I mean, is that good? You are kind of coming in and, and kind of establishing the new beginnings, like uh, Brooke said, all together. Um, I think it is good. I think um, you just come in with a new perspective when you've done something for so long that you're so used to it. Um, I think seeing another opinion, especially with people coming from all different schools and all different levels of basketball, um, I think it's just helped us all to learn more from each other. What would you say your goal is for your time here at Baylor? Um, I mean, to just grow. I think my game has grown on the court. Um, I think making new connections. I've obviously made connections with Coach Collin, and uh, we always have people at our games and people at our practices. And so I think um, just ultimately just growing overall on and off the court. She came from the WNBA. The Atlanta dream. Uh, is, is that your dream, to go to the WNBA, or do you have plans – outside of that and uh, just for the rest of your life because you have a very successful uh, career in the classroom as well with the NBA. Um, yeah, I would love to play in WNBA. I think Coach Colin and me have talked about it um, and just trying to um, continue to grow my game to get there. What uh, you played with a win Wednesday night over Tech in Lubbock. Y'all are 4-2 and two in conference play. That's four straight wins. Great turnaround there after the, the start. But So we played six conference games. You still have 12 to go. Right. <laughs> it's a long <laughs> conference schedule. Right. But what, what do you think or what have you seen from the Big 12 conference so far? Um, I think something that you've seen that's been different is it's like competitive across the board. I think you saw um, a lot of people have two losses, three losses. Like there's people at the top, bottom, middle. I think you've seen teams that people didn't necessarily expect to start out so fast, teams that started out slow. And so I think um, you just can't take it for granted. And that's what we said last night. Even though we gave up the lead and won the game, like you have to clap it up and appreciate that you got to win on the road because it's not easy. And I think every game in conference is going to be a battle. And I think some nights you're going to have – Good shooting nights, bad shooting nights, good defense, bad defense. And so I think you just have to play all 40 minutes every game. You guys are on the road again this weekend on Saturday up in Morgantown. Um, first time up there? Yeah, that's my first time up there. 
I hear it's pretty cold. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing y'all play inside. Take a heavy coat, yes. for sure. <laughs> but great fans up there, and that's something you'll probably see everywhere you go. I mean, mm-hmm. great fans, great atmospheres. You know, like you said, to get a road win anywhere is really big. Right, right. Oh, hopefully it's not too cold because we've already been with some snow. It was actually snowing yesterday in Lubbock. For was like it really? Little, yeah, it was like wow. drizzling. Yeah. Unbelievable. You're from Florida originally. You <laughs> yes. don't. You don't. You Probably didn't see snow, snow, right? Too much growing up. Yeah. Well, um, I'm from Florida. Well, I've lived there most of my life, but we moved like six states before that, and so um, living in like Colorado and stuff, you snow six inches and it all disappears by the afternoon. So, yeah. um, Connecticut, it snowed. Oregon, we had an ice storm. So. Wow. I've seen snow before, but just most of my time has been in Florida. So you've been all over the place. You've moved around a lot, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, we have. Is that just because of your dad's business? Yeah, or? his yeah. work. Yeah. yeah, very good. So where all have you lived? So Florida? I was born in Ohio. We moved okay. to Phoenix, Oregon, Denver, Connecticut, and then Florida, and then we moved again in Florida. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> See the I've country lived in with the Texas. Lewises. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. so exciting. That's awesome. How is it like playing basketball in all those different places? Because that's a lot of different teams, a lot of, you know. So I've bet that made it kind of easier to decide, you know, to transfer and start something new because you've, you've done that. Yeah. Well, I started out playing like lacrosse because that's really popular up in north. And like in Denver, it's getting popular. And so. Um, me and my brothers both started out playing lacrosse, like softball, like we played everything. And when we moved to Florida is when basketball really got bigger. And so, um, my dad did start working out of New York, but we stayed in Florida because we were both already in middle school and high school and they didn't want to like change teams again. And so, uh, we decided to stay in Florida and that's basically where you've been. Pretty cool. Uh, all SEC <coughs> second team last year, uh, Big 12 preseason newcomer of the year this mm-hmm. year. Uh, you came in. I mean, you didn't kind of you didn't sneak into Baylor. You know, you didn't sneak into the Big 12. <laughs> People knew about you coming in here. Right. Um, I think it was just um, with everything going on, like. There was a lot of eyes on, like, what I was going to do um, just because people never thought I would leave Alabama. And so I think um, just coming into this conference, like, it's a competitive conference. And so I think um, it's just an honor that they even uh, realize that I'm here. Hmm. Are you happy with your decision? Yeah, I'm very happy with my decision. I don't really live with any regrets because I don't think you're promised anything. Anything surprise you about Waco, about Baylor, you know, that maybe you didn't know until you got here? Um, I think knowing that Baylor was smaller than Alabama was like one thing, but walking into class the first day with like 15 people was like, okay, I'm in Waco. Like, it's a big I'm at Baylor. Yes, <laughs> that's true. And you know, the Baylor men play Alabama this weekend. Yeah, right, I know. I know. I've Challenge. already been getting the text messages. I bet you I have. <laughs> that's too bad that game's not here. I know. You know I know. Of course, y'all be traveling, but right. uh, that would have been fun to have them here. But your game should be over by the time I know. Hopefully, and you That's can right. watch it. That's right. Very hopefully. good. Well, uh, we appreciate your time. Appreciate the visit, and uh, it's great to have you here at Baylor. You're a great addition to the program, and we just appreciate you being with us. Well, thank you. I appreciate it too. Absolutely, and good luck this weekend. Thank you. All right, that was Jordan Lewis of women's basketball, and now it is time to switch over to men's basketball. And, John, I can think of no one better to uh, to speak with us today and visit about his journey to Waco, which is truly a journey to <laughs> Waco, uh, other than Jonathan Chamwa-Chachua. So we'll visit with him here shortly. 
And we continue on our Sikkim podcast. John Morris, Brooke Bednarz, and we welcome in Jonathan Chumwa Chachua from Baylor Men's Basketball. Uh, Jonathan, we just talked to Jordan Lewis, who transferred to Baylor from Alabama, right, University of Alabama. You and the Bears going to Alabama (laughs) for a game coming up this Saturday. How about that? She could give you a scouting report on Tuscaloosa, if nothing else. No, for sure. I'm definitely going to have to talk to her about it. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Hey, thanks for being with us. How's everything going for you? No, everything's just fine. Uh, I just got out of class. Uh, just enjoying the day. Good. Well, thank you for taking the time and squeezing us in your busy schedule. No, it's my pleasure. <laughs> what are you majoring in? Uh, environmental health science. Good, good. How's that going? It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I love sciences, so it's really interesting. Um, I have fun in class. I have fun learning every day. Good. What's your What's your background like? When did you start playing basketball? You know, from Cameroon, uh, Dulan, Cameroon, and soccer. I, I think it's big worldwide. Did you start yeah. out playing soccer? Yeah, I did start playing soccer. Yeah. Uh, Cameroon is like a big soccer nation. Uh, we love soccer. I love soccer since I was. I don't even remember. Yeah, uh, I really played soccer my whole life, uh, and then I picked up the basketball at the age of sixteen. Yeah. Oh, not till 16. 16? Yeah. Wow. Okay, you have to tell us that story. How would you come across basketball? Did someone tell you, hey, we think you should do this because maybe, I don't know, you're tall? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's actually the case. Uh, most of my years, I was always the tallest guy at school, like the whole school. They would always say, hey, you need to start playing basketball. You're kind of tall. Um, but I still loved soccer, um, at least until my brother just introduced me to basketball. Uh, after watching some LeBron James clips, I just fell in love with the sport. What What was the opportunity like to start playing basketball? Did you play in school while you were there? Or I know you you got involved in the NBA Global Program. Um, so kind of what was your path to that? And where did it take you from there? So uh, I was just playing in my backyard with my uh, siblings and just having fun at school, just during the races and all that. And I really started playing organized basketball uh, in Australia after um, I got a scholarship uh, from the NBA Global Academy. After uh, I participated in the Lukumbam with the camp and the basketball with the camp in uh, South Africa and Angola. And then I got to Australia and started playing organized basketball with like a better structure around it, uh, better courts, and that's where I just started like, my basketball journey. What was Australia like? Uh, it was definitely beautiful. Uh, I was in Canberra, which is uh, actually the capital. It reminded me a little bit of Waco. Um, we just, uh, the city is calm and really peaceful to just build a family. And it's really close to nature. Like, you would just wake up and see a kangaroo on your porch. <laughs> so it was definitely nice. Um, yeah. And how old were you when you went to Australia? Uh, about 16, 17. Wow, sixteen, seventeen, and you pick up and not only move cities like some kids here in <laughs> the United States do, but you moved continents. Um, what was what was that like to leave home and leave your siblings and and to start all of that? You know, at least two years earlier than most kids. Well, uh, it was definitely some kind of sadness in there because. My siblings and I were really close, really, like, do everything together. Like, we would go to the store together, go play soccer together, go to school together. So I just realized that I was going to, like, break that togetherness. Um, But on the other hand, there was, like, that aspect of kind of joy. And I was kind of enthusiastic, like, see what Australia is like. Like, what is this basketball journey going to give me and show me? And I was also, like, really enthusiastic about just 
new, like going to a new continent and Australia was like really like that place I really wanted to visit. So it was definitely fun. Tell us about your family. How many siblings do you have? Uh, I do have three siblings. Three? Uh-huh. Yeah. Are brothers? you the oldest? Uh, I'm the second one, second. actually. I'm the second child, yeah. Got your brothers, sisters? Yeah. Uh, I got one sister and the rest are all brothers. All right. Very good. <laughs> hey, that's great. So you're, pro- you're, you're what, 21, 22 now? Uh, I'm 22. 22. So you've really only been playing basketball for six years total. Yeah. Right. That's amazing. I wish that <laughs> I mean, was my case. Yeah. <laughs> Who's I mean, going to find my hidden talent? <laughs> I mean, to see how, schooled, how how skilled you are right now and think you've only been playing six years, I mean, that, that to me says – you're a quick learner, and there's a big upside also. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and we're glad it's at Baylor. Yes, I mean, we glad are. you're here. What was that like? What's the NBA Global Academy program like? Uh, if I have to compare it with uh, the U.S. system, it's more like a prep school. But in a different term, like, they really, like, gave us a professional approach of the sport. Uh, we were really, like, on the point with our recovery, with our school. And we are also like part in partnership with the Australian Institute of Sports, which is the highest level of sport in the Australian government. Mm. So we had uh, the chance to share the facilities with them, uh, share domes, share the medical facilities. Um, it was definitely great. I had a chance to just get in contact with a lot of NBA coach and get a lot of learning and also learn from a lot of Australian basketball, get some of the toughness and the grit. Uh, Flo Thamba, your teammate, is uh, another NBA Global Program, uh, I guess, graduate, we could say. Yeah, and yeah. Went through that program, um, also from Africa. Kind of, did you all ever meet while you were in the camps? Did you uh, know each other? Yes, uh, we did. So the fun fact was we weren't the same team in the basketball without ball in South Africa. So I know team won that tournament there. <laughs> so uh, when I took my visit uh, – you were like, this I, I looked at Flo, like, <laughs> I'm really bad with names. I'm really bad, like, to remember people's names, but I'm really good with faces. I got, like, photographic memory. Yeah. Oh, I nice. looked at Flo, I was like, I know this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't seen him, like, four years. Yeah. But I'm like, I know this guy. And I was like, yeah, it wasn't, uh, we're in the same team together. And I was like, wow, yeah, that's fact. And then <laughs> we went and looked up and we found some pictures of us on the same team. And it was definitely fun um, during my visit again to remember that Flo uh, – and now I play in the same team basketball without bother. It just show, it just show you that how small the world is. Yeah, and that's you were true. like, um, let's play on the same team again and go win an even a bigger tournament. championship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is pretty. That's a great story. What was the recruitment process like for you? Uh, coming out of Australia or oh, mm-hmm. after a transfer? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you went to UNLV first, right? Okay. Yeah, or was there another school in there? Uh, okay, so with UNLV. Um, I did this. I did this nation camp. I don't remember. I think it was in Houston. Uh, I got invited to it. Uh, I did pretty well. I got I picked up some scholarship. And but the main school I was interested in was Gonzaga. Uh, I believe. Oh, yeah, UNLV, mm-hmm. uh, Grand Canyon, mm-hmm. and oh, I really forgot the name of the last school. I think it's called in New York. Okay. But anyways, uh, the man, and then my last, my last two school that I really like put all my attention in were Gonzaga and UNLV. So I took the visit to Gonzaga. Um, I love the facility. Uh, I love the culture. Uh, and then I took the visit to UNLV. I love the fact that they had a lot of African players, a lot of foreign players. And Marvin Menzies had history of 
knowing how to just have uh, a good like good foreign players and just keep on developing them. So I picked Ilanovi over Gonzaga, and I also knew I was going to sit out of Gonzaga, and I knew that I didn't play basketball for so long, and I needed to go on the floor and make mistakes so I would know what to work on. Mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest reasons I picked Ilanovi over Gonzaga. I didn't think a redshirt year was going to like help me my fresh uh, my first freshman year. So I ended up going to Ilanovi, and after my freshman year. Uh, I found out what I had to work on. I was already ready for the summer. I was already, like, locked in on having a good sophomore year. Then, unfortunately, my head coach got fired. And in my mind, what just came through was, okay, I came to the U.S. because I want to play for Marvin Menzies. Mm-hmm. So, since he wasn't at UNLV no more, I knew that I needed, like, a reboost, a new, like, reset. So, okay, so I would have, like, a new plan. So, I decided to transfer and see my options and um Baylor Baylor came uh came uh, on top of my list uh, on top of GCU and Grand Canyon so I took a visit to Baylor um I was just amazed with Coach Ruth's energy <laughs> like I really thought like this man cannot be like this joyful 24-7 like <laughs> this gotta be fair <laughs> because he has so much energy and it's really weird because I have a lot of energy and I love right. being around people like that um, so it was really like interesting just see how much energy he had how much love you could feel in the coaching stuff in between the players and I just fell in love with how much Coach Drew cared about uh, my religion and how much I was getting close to God because we went to uh, breakfast together and he asked me a lot of questions about my faith, uh, asked me what I thought about God and everything, and I really loved that. I knew that Bella was going to be like my reconnection with my faith because I was like really faithful when I was in Africa. I went to a boarding school and that was a Christian school too. But when I got to Australia, due to the cultural change, I was never able to like go to church uh-huh. and do all that. So I felt like God was giving me like this handout like, hey, um, this is the connection you need to get back to your faith. Wow. And I was like, okay, I'm I'm going to have to go to Baylor. Wow, that's great. And then you come here and you f- find out that that's not a put-on with Coach Drew. No. I mean, he is always he's, like that. He's always like that. <laughs> I've never seen him mad, like, at all. Like, <laughs> even when even when he wants to talk mad, like, he's in a positive way. He always uplifts people, always have a smile. Like, he's just an amazing people. That's great. I've heard someone say once that they don't think he's ever woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Uh, <laughs> if he has, we've never seen we've it. Never seen it. <laughs> we've never seen it. Yeah. And it's funny that you recognize that and appreciate that energy because that's you also. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a big part of your personality and a big part of your game also. It's just the energy you bring. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, I think uh, one of the main things, like that I think is in sport is like what are you good at like what's your superpower and early on uh, I find that my superpower was my energy and my muscle like I can bring in every night like there's not an off night for that and uh, I just knew that that was what I need to bring on the floor uh, every day and having a coaching staff uh, where the head coach is just like that it's just great like it make you feel comfortable about being you Every day, do you hear him say every day? I yep. Yeah, yeah. I every, day, say, John. every day, John. Every day, John. Did Coach New come up with that? J- uh, Jared Nunes. Oh yes, Is that he where did. they started. It did. Uh, <laughs> uh, they used to call me JTT at UNLV, uh, 
and I really didn't like that, but I never said some. But yeah. when I got to Bella, I knew that um, this is the place I want to be. I want to feel comfortable here. I want the people here to know what I think. And I literally told the coaching stuff and the players, like, <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like JTT. You guys need to come up with something else. I don't care, but no, JTT. So then they came up with John. Then Coach um, Coach Nunes came up with Everyday John. Perfect. And then I just loved it. <laughs> that is perfect, isn't it? Yeah. That is great. Really describes you and describes your game. And, and uh, you, you know, you, you're still coming off the bench, but that doesn't matter, does it? I mean, no. you and Flo kind of split this, the post position minutes, but that energy you bring off the bench is just kind of an infusion of energy when you come on the floor. It's a big part of the team's success. Very valuable. Oh, appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. How would you say your game – has developed since coming to Baylor because you said you chose UNLV because mm -hmm. of the opportunity to make the mistakes yeah. and the opportunity um, to work with a coach who is used to foreign players. Um, and then here at Baylor, obviously Flo, you recognized him immediately. Mm -hmm. So there is some of that as well, but how have you seen your game grow under the, this coaching staff and in this program? Uh, from the get go, I knew that Baylor had a great history about developing players from not being five-star to be like professional players at the end of, of the basketball career. So I knew for a fact that I was going to get better by stepping the foot on this campus. And I think my game just literally like uh, changed like a lot. Uh, I don't remember what I was doing during my freshman year, to mm -hmm. be honest. I was like um, nuts in the best shape ever, uh, even from the IQ uh, standpoint or skill standpoint. Um, Everything was really low. So when I got here during my redshirt year, uh, I watched a lot of film with the coaches. I worked a lot on my game. Uh, I was in the gym 24-7 with one of our GAs, J uh, Jake McGee, who was working out for the Nuggets G League team. Um, he still talks to me now. I feel like my game really developed from the defensive standpoint, from the mental standpoint and physical standpoint. I feel like I'm in the best shape of my life right now, and I'm still working on it. That's tremendous. And you guys are playing well as of this week, ranked number four in the nation. And we have we have breaking news, Brooke, on the podcast. Okay, Breaking news? Yes, breaking. I don't think we've ever had this before. I know. This is exciting. <laughs> Jonathan, uh, as we're recording this podcast, news just out today that the Naismith Defensive Player of the Year 15-player watch list has just been released, and you are one of the top 15 on the watch list wow. for the Naismith Defensive Player wow. of the Year. Congrats. Well, that's great. Well, that's that, fantastic. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. But, uh, that's really fun because um, as soon as the season ended, uh, we always have these meetings with the coaches. And one of the awards that I really like, told Coach Drew, hey, like, I need I need to get this awards was uh, Naismith Defensive. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. That's uh, great. <laughs> I really like, uh, I always tell, used to tell Dave, you know, hey, I think I can guard better than you. <laughs> 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 no, uh, I think it's good to me. It's good to know that my name is up there. It sounds like at least people are recognizing my work. But at the end of the day, uh, I'm still focused about winning. And if playing defense, what is named, uh, this team needs me to do, I will welcome to do it. That's great. Great recognition. Congratulations. Absolutely. One of the 15 finalists on your way to yeah. uh, Defensive Player of the Year. That is so <laughs> exciting. That is very oh, cool. Wow. Fantastic. 
You had a double-double the other night, the win over K-State. Uh, again, a great example of just how hard you work, you know, at both ends of the floor. Uh, you, you just, I mean, you just, we talked about the energy, but you don't take any time off when you're out there. Uh, not really. <laughs> uh, and one of the main reasons is that uh, I'm playing that way is because we have such a great starting uh, five men, which is Flo Tamba. Like, Flo plays great, and he just gave me the chance of go out there and play as hard as I can because I don't have to play 35 minutes yeah, yeah. like in most teams. Like, if I get 20 minutes, I'm going to give everything I got because I know Flo got my back, and he knows I got his back. Yeah. And I feel like we're the best, like, deal doing that. We love each other. There's no jealousy or nothing. We always pray for each other to just keep on being great. So I feel like I'm just grateful to have him on my team. That's impressive. Yeah. I think that that mindset right there is what sets you guys apart. Um, so I wanted to take a minute to to recognize that because that's not every athlete in general. I don't care where you look at high school level, little kid level, pro level has that same mindset where it truly is the team. And it's been fun for John and I to watch and to kind of get to follow this, you know, this whole team and, and see how well you guys work together. So I just wanted to point that out. That's, that's very good. Pretty neat. That's very good. Yeah. You you mentioned how Coach Drew and the staff here really really feed into you uh, spiritually, you know, in your walk with God. The the culture of joy. Uh, explain to our listeners that that's real, isn't it? I mean, you guys live that every day. Yeah, uh, it's definitely real. I know it sounds good. Sometimes it sounds corny, but <laughs> <laughs> really live that every day. And it's really Jesus on yourself. Um, we always put Jesus on top and. During the COVID pandemic, um, that was really practical since the arena was empty or uh, we go to away games. Um, let's say even before that, um, we were playing full arenas like Texas Tech and all those teams. We always remind ourselves that we're playing for another just for one, mm. which is Jesus Christ. And really, that really takes the pressure away from having to play well, from having to score 20 points or 30 points. Like, you don't need that to please anybody because Jesus already gave you all those blessings. So and you don't even need to please him. You're only playing because of the blessings. Wow. Okay. So um, that's that. And others, we always put uh, others before us. We need to love our neighbors like ourselves. And yes, yeah, we play with the same mindset, always looking out for the next guy, always stepping up if the next guy is not in his best uh, condition right now. And at the end, yourself, always look at yourself in the godly way, always investing in yourself and just carry yourself in a godly way. Very much a family feel is what you get when you talk about men's basketball. Um, and that's got to be important to you with your actual family so far away. Um, do you get to see them every once in a while? When's the last time you were able to go home? Uh, that's probably a while ago. I would say ago. five Four years ago, it's wow. been a while. Uh, I really lost track, but uh, fortunately, I talk to them almost every day. Uh, I'm always on FaceTime with them. My dad always takes me after every game, uh, talk about how my stats were, if I didn't have enough rebound, if I didn't play hard <laughs> enough, or if I was efficient enough. And he always get on my back when I don't shoot a three <laughs> during the game. Uh, because, you know, I've been having sometimes confidence issue, and that's one of the main things that stopped me right now. But um, I'm talking to my parents and my family uh, almost every day. Uh, yeah. 
You mentioned shooting threes. Uh, tell everybody the work that you did this past summer to, uh, you know, to improve your three-point shooting game and really get the coaches uh, to say, hey, you, if you, you've got a green light there. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Coach Drew always wanted me uh, to do this shooting test thing, which is a hunting shot and see how much I would make out of a hunting. Um, I believe I started with like 52 the first week. And then out of nowhere, I was only in the 60s, then the 70s. Wow. And I was stuck in 78. But I never could reach the 85. Because <laughs> <laughs> who knows about it, I, would, I could never reach the 85. But I was pretty consistent between the 75 and the 80s. Um, I don't my bad days. But the thing is, I would shoot more than that every day. I would shoot about. 300 to 400 three points before I do that shooting testing <laughs> to make sure I got the best calls ever. Uh, it was definitely good. Um, uh, I just love the way how they gave us confidence during the summer to expand our game, and I really like feel like it's paying off right now. Wow. That's neat. So three or four hundred threes to kind of get warmed up. Before you know? the yeah. hundred And then do the hundred test. test. <laughs> That's, That's great. a lot of good practice. You're very, I mean, you're very skilled out there. I mean, you, you work well around the basket, obviously, but you're skilled with that shot outside also. Thank you. Yeah, that. and you've worked at it. I mean, obviously, you've worked at it to get to that point. Well, it's great to visit with you, and we appreciate your time. And this is another fun season going. Did, did you feel like... With the guys we lost off last year's team, some significant losses, did you feel like that you and the, the core of guys coming back, you know, could do this that you've done so far this year? Yeah, for sure. Uh, um, the coaches have always told us that we got to make sure that our culture doesn't graduate. It doesn't matter who comes and who leaves. Our culture got to stay the same. And our culture is the reason why we're good. It's not only about talent because anybody in, uh, in the NCAA can run, jump, or shoot the three. Like you can see guys out there who are better than us talent-wise. But with our culture, I feel like that's the reason why we're so good and we've been good for the past years. Uh, I feel like uh, the returning players were really good just and with embedding that culture with the new guys. And I, I need to give a shout-out just to the new guys. Um, they came in with no ego, like, no ego. Like, we got five-star, four-stars. We got players got all the caliber of James Akinjo. We came in with no ego. They just came to embrace the culture, the, our culture of winning and the culture of joy. So the big reason because of them, they came in just to learn. They came like sponges. And that's why we're so good right now. Wow. That's well it's said. Huge, yeah, yeah, huge compliment to them. Uh you, obviously, we want to compliment you, give you a huge compliment on how you're playing. Um, we're super happy that you are here, and I love that culture doesn't graduate. I love that, too. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I think that's a perfect way to kind of wrap up, um, and we want to wish you good luck as you guys head to Alabama this weekend for that Big 12 SEC Challenge. It's going to be super fun to watch and cheer you on. So thank you again for your time, and uh, good luck. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Appreciate Everyday John, Jonathan Chumwa Chachua with us from Baylor Men's Basketball. And that's this week's Sikkim podcast for, uh, for John, for Jordan, for Brooke Bednars. I'm John Morris. Thanks for joining us for our Sikkim podcast. You've been listening to the Sikkim podcast. The Sikkim podcast has been a production of Baylor Athletics.